Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Project Esports for December 17th, 2018. And I guess it's kind of a sad day, may break down crying, who knows, we'll see if I make it to the day. But it's going to be our last episode of 2018, officially. I'll talk a little bit more on housekeeping, we have more content coming out this year, do not worry. But with next year being Christmas Eve, a lot of us will be celebrating, and the week after that it'd be thanks, I mean, uh, New Year's Eve. It just doesn't kind of work out. The Mondays just happen not to be very well for us. So it is going to be the last one, and we'll be returning whatever that first Monday in January is. But today we still have a lot of esports to talk about. We're going to be going back, kind of looking at 2018, kind of our little year review, what we kind of feel about that. But beyond that, how are you two guys doing today? I just woke up, so I'm very tired, but I'm feeling, feeling good, feeling great. Same, except I got a bunch of food in me beforehand, so I'm ready to go. I'm all hyped. <laughs> I'm just running off a ton of Taco Bell right now, and I'm I'm feeling it. I'm. It's amazing. I'm feeling, I, could I wish that, I, I could eat that way too much, but it, Dude. it's it's not good Jeez. because I've just been eating out because I do not want to buy more groceries because I move tomorrow. So if anything does go up later or anything like that, that is my bad. I'm moving right now. Next time I will be in a new place, hopefully outside of Wisconsin. But tell we'll them see. where you're moving, Andrew. Tell them where you're moving right now. No, I'm I'm <laughs> right now. I'm moving into with my parents. <laughs> Yeah, that's hopefully I'm moving to Denver in the long term, though. But let's start getting closer and closer to the actual esports content that you guys care about. But I want to get through our housekeeping. So first off, James has another interview coming out this week. He has been putting in a lot of work. Tell us who you're interviewing with, a little bit of what you guys talked about. Uh, I interviewed Sean Vilbins. Um, he's the head coach for the T Wolves Gaming. They actually just announced their logo not too long ago. Uh, Sean was a blast interview. This dude is like so. He's 39. It's a family of, I believe, three. I think that's what the the grand number came down to. Um, and uh, we kind of talk about like how he kind of deals with being like you know one of the older guys in like the esports scene. He's the head coach and GM for T Wolves Gaming. Um, and the guy does the guy the guy's great. He's well he's well traveled, well experienced, and he's going to see how that transitions over into esports. Yeah, no, and I I was originally supposed to do that. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of sad I didn't get to do that because he does seem like an awesome guy. Oh yeah, it's great. I see the streams lagging a little bit, so I'm just kind of closing out things as we're going, trying to fix that a little bit. But um, yeah, on top of that, um, we have that awesome interview coming out on Wednesday. That'll be released about the same time as last week, um, when the uh, interview with uh, Moody came out. And on mm-hmm. Thursday, we just finished last night recording the final episode of the Project Rankings Overwatch League branding videos that's going out it's gonna be a little longer than normal because we went through all eight of the expansion teams and to be honest with you it is not how i thought it was going to end up the scores are very much different than what it's going to be so that's going to be great and like i said since this is our last episode but we still have a couple things to kind of wrap up one we have the prediction king we still need to crown that that will be sometime time done before the end of the year we're going to be working on that pretty soon recording that and i'll be published Hopefully next Monday in exchange for um, in exchange of um, our episode next week. And we're also recording in 2019 predictions, kind of like what we did at the beginning of this year, but going into 2019. And that'll play into next year's very first best for the prediction. Let's just jump right into the first story, James. I'm going to kind of hand it back over to you. China's been up and down for esports, but it sounds like everything's going to be okay. Uh, yeah, so... I think I had like a freak out last week uh, where there was an article that came out that both Fortnite and PUBG were going to be banned in China. Um, this, of course, made me like lose my freaking mind. I was like, oh my god, they're they're policing esports. This is ridiculous. It's actually happening. 
Um, and then I think it was actually yesterday the article actually came out that it was like, okay, okay, that wasn't it. There wasn't source material. Um, there are, to my knowledge, twenty games being under um, ethical review. By uh, it's like the Chinese ethical like committee or something too. They have a yeah, they have a committee. Yeah, it's like the a government game. body that they like form yeah. to look over video games, which is wild. But go on. Yeah, the online game ethics committee. Yeah, um, they're the ones who kind of overview all of this. Um, but Tencent basically said in perfect them in uh, perfect world aren't their games included on the list. So. With Tencent, that means like pretty much nothing, like no no major esports there, because Tencent has their hand in everything. So I think that covers like Fortnite because they own Epic. It covers like Overwatch because they're owned by like Overwatch is owned by Blizzard, which is owned by Tencent. Um, like it's like or Activision, which is owned by Tencent. Like so, like none of the games that we really need to that we like are, are big and everybody really cares about and focused on um, are like under fire. Games like. Uh, yeah, they even list off uh, League of Legends, PUBG, FIFA, uh, Crossfire, Dota, Dota CSGO. CSGO. Like, yeah, like all I mean, the like, tier ones are safe. Yeah, um, pretty much. And then a handful of tier twos as well. So that's sitting pretty. I mean, I don't think there's too much more in that article when I was kind of looking over it. Right? I mean, I know a lot of us. We were freaking out. I was talking about like even just in the Slack channel when we were talking about like. If losing China is a big hit, I mean, we'll talk about it later in the oh, show. Yeah, but it's... like Worlds 2019, 2018 had the biggest record ever. A lot of that's because of the Chinese audience. I mean, this Chinese yeah. audience is getting more and more. We talked about Dota kind of going over and having the international in China for the first time. We talked about an esports city being built there. I mean, every single day we talk about esports becoming a bigger, bigger part of China. And now, earlier this week, we were talking about two of the oh my bigger <laughs> esports and more being in trouble being banned there. Yeah, well, it's just it. So, I mean, like, that was the thing. And even, uh, like, even growing esports, too, like uh, Rainbow Six. Like, I mean, there was a ton of controversy going on over there with, like, what was going to happen to it. If it was going to be ported out differently and all that stuff um, to the point where it was almost affecting the audience over here. So, I mean, like, um, yeah, no, it's it's crazy to see how much, like, how much pull this market has. Um, but I mean, that's the reality. Like, I mean, like these, like you're going to like, esports are going to go where the money is and the money's in China because the viewership's in China. So why not go continue to go there? So it's good. To, it's good on our end because we'd be kind of screwed as like, as like, you know, podcasts and esports personalities because we'd be, we'd be out of a job that doesn't pay us. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah so no. like it's actually kind of nice. I mean, earlier this week. We were going to have this on the dock, and this was going to be on the show no matter what, but we were going to be talking the other way. Like, these Ford, like these games are done. Like, how can esports, like, kind of come back? Like, where can we make that money? Where can we get that viewership? Like, what yeah. can we can do? But now we're good. So, like, this isn't as big of a story as it was originally going to be. And hey, everything's yeah. okay. <laughs> Nothing's changing right now. In the future, we don't know. Some games still may be not banned. I'd be curious to see if any potential or kind of budding esports are going to be on that list. I mean... I don't, I don't, like, they never said if Call of Duty was safe. I mean, there's some games. No, like, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, or no, no, Call of Duty is not safe, sorry, or CSGO is safe, my bad. Yeah, so, like, there's some yeah. games that are kind of budding esports, which it could end up hurting, so maybe we'll talk about it. Hopefully everything just stays okay. There's just 20 games that just aren't going to be there, and yeah, we don't have to bring this back up, and that China just kind of gets long, because it is important to esports, and it's just going to get more important, but... Dylan, do you have anything to add? Otherwise, it's just a story to kind of be a story that everything's okay in the esports world. Yeah, I mean, I, hopefully this isn't kind of like a precursor to something um, scary down the line, but mm. we'll see, I guess. 
Yeah, that's just just okay. one minor correction. I guess it's NetEase that operates all Blizzard's games um, okay. in, in China, not not uh, not Tencent. But um, it still doesn't seem like they're under scrutiny either. So it should it, we we should be okay. We should be yeah, okay. That, that list of twenty, and if anything else happens, we'll we'll tweet it out. We'll talk about it. We'll do a short video, something kind of like that, over the next couple weeks. So do keep an eye on that if anything does. But right now, everything seems good in the world. Everything's Unless okay. you are a Heroes of the Storm player. Yeah. Yeah. Dylan, I mean, you're the you're. I mean, I played it up for like ten minutes one day. I mean, you're kind of in the collegiate esports scene. I mean, you kind of gone through it. You had a team do well there. Like, yeah. So I think that is definitely the biggest hit in this news. So for anyone who didn't hear, um, Blizzard announced just the other day that they were canceling all Heroes of the Storm esports, and that includes Heroes of the Dorm, which is one of the biggest breakthroughs for esports in terms of getting it on the main stage because it was actually on ESPN three, which is like one of the the televised yeah. ESPNs. Which that was one of the first times esports was was on TV, so that was like a really big deal, and it really sucks. One because they didn't really talk about it; they just kind of they they, they just kind of did it out of nowhere, and so a lot of people basically were out of the job. Um, there was a lot of commentators, a lot of casters, um, a lot of professional players who just woke up one day and were like, well. I, I I don't have a job anymore, yeah. and esports isn't one of those things where, sure maybe on like the um, like a, like like if you're support staff um, or if you're a personality you can switch over to different esports, but like a lot of these players, that's it for them. You know, a lot of times if you're if you're like a tier one uh, Heroes of the Storm player, you can't really expect to switch over to a different game because that's that's how that's not how esports works. No. Oh. It's not transferable knowledge. It's like I mean now we're like reaction time and mechanics. Like you can transfer those over, but I mean like as far as the, the like the understanding of the game, especially Heroes of the Storm, because it's a very unique MOBA, right? Like I mean you can't carry all that over to Heroes of the Storm or uh, League of Legends and Dota. I know some of their Twitch streamers have done that. A lot of them would, like Trump jump ship and like okay, I got to figure out another MOBA and how to play it because I can't do anything with this anymore. Um, but yeah, no, it's not. It's not not the same right like yeah it's it's really rough and definitely for the collegiate scene because this was a huge deal in the collegiate scene so the big the big deal about it one of them is that they were just paying scholarships so if you want heroes of the dorm you got a scholarship for the rest of your college which is a really big deal for a lot of students and not only that it's the first really well-developed um, path to pro for collegiate into the pro scene I know a lot of the people who did super, super well in the first season of Heroes of the Dorm, they went on to get careers in esports um, and work in Heroes of the Storm. And it really sucks, to be honest, because I know a lot of students really look forward to, to playing in that. And uh, there was one video, and I, I don't remember um, what his name was, but I think he was a Korean caster. It's a really sad video. He's just streaming, and he heard the news, and he's just sitting there just like, I guess I don't have a job. And then he just like starts crying on stream and stuff. And it's really sad times. And I wouldn't say it's unexpected. So here's the storm is definitely blizzards toughest esport, I would say um, to kind of uphold. And it makes sense because they were putting a lot of money into it. And I don't think they were seeing the returns they wanted to. And especially with Mike Morheim leaving, um, yeah. not only him, but, um, was it his wife that was the head of, of, of esports in Blizzard or someone related to him? Uh, I think it was someone with the with the Morheim name. 
But regardless, both of them left. And there was a lot of talk of, you know, the esports scene in Blizzard changing drastically. There was going to be a lot of um, shifts around. And I think this is definitely one of the big ones that we're seeing. And it definitely sucks um, that, that, you know, it, it wasn't a tier one esports. It's not like no. a tier one esports got cut, but it, it definitely sucks when, when something like this just kind of falls out beneath so many people's feet. Yeah, and I think the biggest, uh, from what I gathered from people that were like in the scene and stuff like that, is that people seen them at BlizzCon and they were reassured and told, like, nah, man, it's still happening. There's going to be equal funding, if not more, going into the new year and stuff like that. And like, and like, and it's not like this isn't just me pulling it up the name. Like, these were tweets from like, like people who either are part of teams, who own teams, who are coaches of teams and stuff like that. And they got confirmation. They like they were told like this is okay. This is still happening and stuff like that. And then for and the way it's handled too, it's it's done in a forum post. It's put through in a forum post. Yeah, no, yeah, the blue, the blue post, yeah, the blue post, yeah, the the dreaded Blizzard blue post, right? So I mean, like that's how they did it. They didn't they didn't like alert everybody or alert like the bigger names and stuff like that, and kind of let them know that this transition was going to happen. It was just like boom, have fun. No more esports, and to, to me, the biggest hit is the collegiate scene. That because that was the scene that, that the here's the dorm was the thing that took off. It was the thing that made it big. And yes, is it a tier one? No, of course not. But because the game is played a certain way, you like it's it's very very team based. That being said, though, like it was huge for the collegiate scene. Like having your tuition paid for and stuff like that. That's a really really big deal, um, and it gives a lot of, and like it brings new blood into the game, right? So. As having that option, so I to me it's it's sin. I mean, the competitive like the like the pro scene, I'm not really totally surprised. But the collegiate scene, like if they got rid of one and not the other, that would have made more sense to me. Like if they if they got rid of the HGC and kept the the collegiate scene, like that's that's what would have made the most sense to me. What what it made the most sense to me is you know maybe alerting everyone a little bit beforehand. Besides, yeah. like, like like like, but then you leap because the second someone hears that. They're like, well, here's the storm is done, guys. They're gonna post that. Someone's gonna post that instantly, and then it looks bad on Blizzard. Either way, it yeah. looks bad on Blizzard. I feel like. How do you, there's well, no right way to end yeah, hundreds of people's I, careers in a minute? Ramping it down, like they could have, they could have done something. That's like they, they could, they could have scaled business it back. Andrew coming in, you know, that's not how it do. They're not going to just slowly cut back. The best way it is just to cut it cold turkey. That's the best way to cut something like this. Being okay, well, we, I hate to see it, but there's no better way to do it. We talked about this last week, though, with Clash Royale. Clash Royale didn't go and commit to another season. I think if if Blizzard handled it and they knew this, this was kind of coming. Because Mike Moraine's been out of the picture for, like, a little bit. Um, so, I mean, like, and I know he wasn't, like, dealing with esports, but like Dylan said, I'm pretty sure it was somebody with the Moraine name. Like, if they had said, we're not going to confirm or deny it, then teams have chances to speculate. But and that's all speculation. That's all it is. So if teams decide to pull out and they have the chance and the option to pull out, then it's a clear indication that no, like like Blizzard would be like, okay, we can safely pull out. These guys have moved on and stuff like that. It, it comes down to like uh, like a question of ethics, like a question of like, okay, how do you do this? Do you get like do you give the community a chance not to hate you? Because I'm sorry, like this is the problem now. You go from. How they how they handled the HDC and the Collegiate of the Storm to or uh, here's the dorm to now you have Overwatch people concerned that yes is there significant amounts of money into it absolutely but this is how they handle esports that's that was about to be my next question like, yeah in three years 
Overwatch League doesn't pick up. It's not it's not growing. It's just staying exactly where it is. There's no more cuts they can make. Could the Overwatch League be cut in three years if it doesn't start to uh, really ramp up? If okay, if it's cut, that's one thing. But if it's cut in this manner, that's the that's well, it'd wrong. be cut in this manner. They wouldn't just downsize teams. Like they can't just say, okay, you, you, and you, your teams are no longer in. You have to cut it dry because of those contracts. You have to kill the league, otherwise you're breaking contracts, which is part of the reason why they cut it cold turkey. Because you said, because what that contract is is you have a contract in the Overwatch League until you sell it or until the league closes. So you can't just come back and say. And if they're closing Overwatch Esports, they're not going to pay them back the $80 million they pay to get in and take that spot away. You have to kill the league. You cannot just cut one or two teams. There's no ramping down a franchise. You cut it or you keep it. There's no in-between. Yeah, but I think comparing Overwatch League to... to no, I agree, or, or but the, I'm saying is four or five years from now, it's Overwatch League is exactly where it is now. It has a lower hardcore, but it's not bringing in enough money to sustain. Do they cut it? Could that be a possibility? I I don't know. It's really hard to to tell because it's it's all dependent on what their objective is. If Blizzard is trying to churn a profit, then yeah, they they probably wouldn't even started the league to begin with. But I think what they're trying to do here is is build the brand of Overwatch and build the brand of uh, Blizzard esports. And I think you can kind of run at a deficit for that. So I don't really see them cutting it. I could see them cutting production and all that a little contenders bit. Contenders too. I just saw yeah, Kate in the chat cutting contenders. Yeah, cutting Path to Pro. I mean, yeah. just cutting that off. Like we're not. You guys all figure it out yourself. Kind of like there's no like. I guess there's kind of an academy team for leagues. So maybe there's a small academy league for like the 20 teams that are in it, and everything else is cut. Like well, I was gonna say like franch- franchise teams have an academy team franchise too. And that's right? all. So, no more open all. contenders. No more no. outside of that. Just a which is scene. which has killed the pro scene in or the amateur scene really in in League of Legends. Like I mean, it, like once that that was implemented, it's uh, you know they had no choice. So what Blizzard's doing right now, I think, is a really good idea because it gives these these random teams like you know the runaways and stuff like that, like a chance to be like you know noticed and picked up and stuff like that, and they don't have to operate under like a you know like a like a franchise banner. No, no, I, I do. I do. I'm just kind of being like devil's advocate, like oh, like. Could this happen? No, it's not going to happen with Overwatch League. It would be, I mean, with how much of money's in there, it would have to kind of be hinted at for a while. And I, I think it'd be curious. I think, I don't think Overwatch League will commit to geo, uh, geolocation if it doesn't do well this year. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's a big tell to see kind of how those home games go and stuff like that. I, I would love to it. I want it to be as big as it can be. I, I do not want Overwatch League to go anywhere soon. I'd love to work with it and all that kind of stuff. But I think how it does in 2019 will be a big tell of how long it'll be around. Yeah, well, it's especially with these expansion teams coming too, right? Like, I mean, how well their fan bases kind of like generate. Well, generate like, you know. I'm not worried about some of these. I, I, I'm not worried about the fan base. I don't think that's where we're going to be. It's not getting the hardcore people. It's starting to reach out to more of well, other esports audiences and yeah. the mainstream. Well, let's just say, like, I don't know how many people are going to be like myself and kind of convert into like into like wanting to watch it and stuff like that, right? Which so. I'm so excited for. We should do like Project Esports watch parties for some of the bigger games. I'd be down for that. I'd be down for that. I well, you'll be at every Washington DC game, so it can't be during that, but during other games we can watch. <laughs> but um, anything else you kind of want to touch on this, or are we feeling pretty good about what we talked about here? 
I mean, I'm not feeling I'm not yeah. feeling good to cut it, but like, yeah. no. Yes, I am beyond ecstatic that Opal hears the storm is gone. No, like, oh, is there anything else we feel like we need to touch on with this or bring up or talk about with Blizzard Esports? Here's the storm. Otherwise, yeah. Hope I mean, kind of involved, find something, gets back on the feet. I mean, that's that's rough when you kind of lose something that you think might have another couple of years and leaves. Now it's just gone. That's always a scary thing. But yeah, yeah. With that, I guess we can kind of turn around to kind of good news, a payoff that we've kind of been, I wouldn't say waiting for, but like been expecting for a while. So I don't know. I feel like it was like March when we talked about this story that Immortals had been teasing. It, it was April. Huh? It was April. April. April, we were talking yeah. about in one of these episodes, is that Immortals were teasing a shoe. And it released last week. Um, it released over the weekend, I think, on Saturday it released. Um, and that marks it as the first official esports shoe to ever hit the market. Which I think, I mean, it's not a big story. Like, there's nothing, like, good or bad or anything kind of like that. But they released a shoe that looks pretty cool. It's fashionable. With K Swiss, I mean that that could have been a better brand, but I think that I'm, opened... I'm not a fan. But you're not a fan of it? I'm not a fan. I don't like it. I don't like it. It looks like a, it looks like it looks like a Yeezy to me, and I'm not a huge fan of Yeezys. So I mean, I'm like, still thinking about buying a pair of Yeezys. So we're on different yeah, issues with that. But I just think it's cool. I mean, we talk a lot about merchandise. We talk a lot about these partnerships, and this kind of this marks a new partnership for kind of the whole esports industry. I think it opens up when we joked about like Cloud9 Air Jordans or Team Liquid Air Jordans or something kind of like that. Like this starts to open it up, especially with like these collector kind of shoes. Like this was a very limited shoe and things yeah. such as that. And start kind of doing that collectible, the shoe head and all that kind of stuff along with esports. So I don't know what you guys kind of have to say or you want to touch on it. I just wanted to bring it up because we did talk about it so long ago and now it finally came out. So I feel like we should kind of go full circle with it. But is there anything... You guys see about that? Any doors are really opens? Uh, well, I think we already saw one of the doors open because, I mean, we already saw the partnership with Uzi and Nike. Like, Nike signed Uzi, right? So, I mean, like, I think the possibility, the, like, the wrong possibilities of, like, esports shoes and stuff like that isn't far off the line. Nike has been, like, they're known to collaborate with, like, you know, artist personalities and stuff like that to create shoes in general, right? So, I, I like, it would not surprise me if, like, we get, like, an art, uh, like, uh, an Uzi Jordan, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's totally, totally plausible. Um, I'm really weirded out, like, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, Immortals is, like, it's not, like, their brand is kind of downsized, but, of course, they're part of the Valiant. So, I mean, like, you kind of get that cross-promotion the there. They're very spread out. Like, the Immortals yeah. are only currently in Clash Royale, but they have the Valiant. And CSGO. They have CSGO. MIBR and CSGO, and they have a couple other teams here and there, too. Yeah. So, that's kind of, that's not a problem, they're, but. Yeah, no, but, like, I mean, like, their their CEO isn't an idiot, though, right? Like, I no, mean, like, this Noah, is. yeah. Yeah, no, no one knows what he's doing, right? So I think like this is there's no there's no downsides to this. There's no downside because even if you do buy like I mean even if you aren't a fan of the shoe, like you can appreciate what it means for esports and fashion and that kind of thing. And now we're like I mean we've been we've been focused on merchandising for like a hot minute now, and um, and now for shoes to kind of come to that realm as well, I think I think this is just another this is another win for esports. I, I agree. I, I like it. It's a team I wouldn't expect it from, I guess. Um, but I like it. I'm just I was just kind of looking at the shoe right now, and I'm kind of down for it. I mean, I like the colors. It's it's subtle, and I think this is everything we were talking about for what would be a really good like cross promotion with like quote unquote streetwear. I mean, 
Mm -hmm. We're kind of overusing the word a little bit, but I mean, this is it, you know? It's like mostly black uh, with a little bit of accent color and the Immortals accent color works really well. She was a little bit expensive, maybe not for like a sneaker head. It's like 110. I mean, any upscale kind of shoe, I mean, that's about that. It's that mid-range. It's like a price of like a pair of basketball shoes or something kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the same as like any other basketball shoe. And I don't know. It's fine. I think it looks fairly all right. I mean, Uh, I don't think I'd get it, but... Yeah, I'm happy they're not advertising it as like an esports shoe, like you, like you know, it's meant for to wear during esports and stuff like that. I think that, they, that'd, be it, bad, that'd be a bad kind of way to go. It would be a bad angle to do it. Like, I'm glad they're just like, like, hey, we have a shoe with the team now. Um, but like, yeah, no, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, um, big fan of that. And it's a smart, it's a smart marketing ploy by Immortals too, because it's their, it's their Clash Royale team that are promoting this mainly. Like, they're they're like bigger guy. Uh, the gar the god RF um, is basically they're the one who's, I mean, <laughs> of course for a Clash Royale superstar he's got like, he's got a pretty memey name but I mean like he's the one promoting it right so it kind of bleeds into mobile gaming too right so you're gonna see that so um, I think yeah this is there, there's no there's no bad to this there's no yeah, bad to this story, I, I didn't right? expect this to be a super in depth like kind of ground bang conversation it's just kind of touching on something that we've kind of keep mentioning I mean we talk about merchandise in the ranking videos we talk about streetwear and 100 keys yeah. and all that kind of stuff a lot now so i just kind of felt like because of how much we were talking about and kind of looking forward to it and bringing the circle like the story kind of full circles why i wanted to bring it here more than anything and it was a little bit of a slow week so felt like yeah, yeah. kind of throwing that in there outside of some of the bigger stories but if i'm not wrong this is mid show correct we don't have anything else kind of going no this is this is mid show my friend okay just wanted to make sure i had a cozy outline to make going but with that being mid show we just kind of a friendly reminder that if any of you are listening, um, please subscribe with your Twitch Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, that means you have Twitch Prime. All you have to do is connect your Amazon account to your Twitch account, push the little button above Dylan's head. Wait, yep, Dylan's head right now. I just had to switch it over. And you subscribe to the Game House, which gets a moat that will be going out in 2019, I promise. It helps support us, it helps support the Game House and everything else we do. And if we ever do any special events, we always go to subscribers first. So please do do that if you can. Help us out. That does mean the world to us. Otherwise, a little personal shill, do go check out us on Twitter, twitter.com slash the esports pod. It's where we're most active. It's where we post everything. And it's always super helpful. No matter how you listen or where you listen to us, that's kind of our main go-to place to interact with us. So do go follow us there as well. But with that, before we kind of look at our year in review, we have kind of another unsurprising story. Um, do we do we do the face at the same time? We'll, we... we'll, we'll wait. We we'll read the headline and then we'll do the face. <laughs> okay. So, believe it or not, Valve and ESL are happy unhappy with how Facebook streaming went. Okay. Big face. <laughs> One, two, three. Like, come on! We, we like, who's, said this who's surprised? Like, who's surprised by this? I read that title and I was just like, "Yeah, like, of course, of course." Um, apparently, basically, when when Cloud Nine won the E League of the Boston Major um, on Twitch, the viewership was like 1.1 million people, and it was a record breaking uh, for them. And it was, it was, yeah. And then Astros w- wins the uh, ESL Grand Slam on home soil, mind you. And it's 30k viewers because it's on Facebook without embed, so that could have been a little higher, sure. But my like, God, not even a hundred thousand people. 
Wait. And the worst part is, is it runs all the way through 2019. Runs to the end of it. Like, that's scary, man. That's scary. Why did they? Why did ESL do that? I like whoever is running ESL is not making good decisions. They lost. They lost League of Legends. They like you know they decided to make a like a like a partnership with Facebook. Like, I feel like this is some head just being like I gotta get paid before I like before I run this into the ground and then I'm out of here. Like I like that's because that's the decision making process. Like because it is not thought out at all. So this is Dota two and CS:GO, correct? Yes. Yeah, those are the two big ones. So, do we worry about this having a long-term effect on either one of these esports? I mean, do you think they'll make it through another year and I'll come back to Twitch and it'll just rebound pretty much automatically? ESL is kind of a meme right now, anyways. Like with within esports as a whole. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked if these guys bounce right back. I don't think, I don't think it's going to majorly affect them. I think, I think those two esports are kind of in this like weird. Uh, I don't I don't know how to describe it, but like almost like armadillo mode of where like I think even without this they're doing a little bit rough now, but like they weren't at a high enough place that this like makes them crumble and fall to the ground. Like if something were to happen with like Overwatch League or uh, League of Legends and this happened, then yeah, it would be like oh no, we're in a spiral. Um, but Dota and, and CS:GO are weirdly strong esports. Um, they're really resilient, and so it's kind of like. Yeah, this sucks and stuff, but eh, we'll make it through. Yeah. And, We've been and, through and hard th- times. And I think, if anything, that deal kind of ending at 2019, and of course there's other events and stuff kind of going on there as well too, but with CSGO just going free-to-play and uh, the Battle Royale we talked about a little bit last week, I think that player base is going to go up. You're going to have people taking it serious again. And if anything, at the end of 2019, starting 2020, when it comes back to Twitch, um, at least for ESL, hopefully, and all that kind of stuff. That, if anything, we could see a growth coming back into that, and maybe even seeing Valve put some more effort into Dota now that Artifact didn't go well. So clearly, they're I don't know, they might go commit to Artifact, or they might go back and put more time into Dota. They because they've been making changes to the esports scene there too. We see them making big, smart changes for CS:GO. I mean, if anything, maybe we see a resurgence coming down the road. Like right now, they are in armadillo mode, which is smart because they're just trying to hold on to whatever they have now until the time is right to unball up and kind of make their move. And hopefully, we do see something like that. If anything, sure, ESL is kind of a meme right now. It's a joke. It's not going well. I mean, I don't think any of us had even the slightest bit of hope. If me, if anyone, had a little bit of hope of this Facebook deal, but I like it's better to go on a mixer than Facebook. I mean, come on, guys. For me, like, I don't, I don't even think Dota and I don't think Dota and CS:GO are even in an iron battle mode. These guys are totally fine. This is like, this is a third. This is like another, like a, like another, like it's a side league. Uh, it's a side league, exactly. It's right? like a bar so, league, kind of much. It's kind of how yeah, this is treated right now in the esports. Pretty, yeah, exactly, right. So for them to get this to get heavily affected, and like it doesn't phase the the esport at all. The esports still trucking along, totally fine. CS:GO is is like. You know, making huge moves. Dota is like untouchable, especially with them like going to China for this 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 upcoming international. That I think it's or it's already ha- or not yeah, uh, yeah, 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 next year, twenty nineteen. Next year, ne- yeah, exactly, right. And they're gonna do fine over there too. So I mean, like, I don't even, I can't even call them an armadillo mode. They're still just like they're golden. ESL is just like shoot. It's the league that's shooting themselves in the foot, not the esports, right? Like that's that's the biggest takeaway. Which I think, is how you want it to be. Because you can kind of come and yeah. go, but the game's still popular, still people playing, people still want to play it competitively. A new league yeah. can kind of come up. Exactly. Ideally. 
Yeah, like this, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not concerned about either either game. Does this spell the end for Facebook streaming? Will we ever see another company try to do a deal like this with Facebook? No, my God, no. I don't. I don't think anybody planned on doing one, anyways. ESL was, uh, ESL was just like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll see how it goes. And then everybody's like, ESL, don't do it. And they're like, we're doing it. And then they did it, and here we are, thirty thousand views at a peak. Yeah, but I think this is probably a good time to announce um, that Project Esports League LLC um, will be launching a new esports league, um, and we'll be having an exclusive deal actually with Snapchat uh, to have uh, a <laughs> Snapchat only league. So if you want to watch, you actually have to watch it through Snapchat. No, I think um, in ten, Instagram, ten second intervals. Instagram TV would be such a better way to do it. No, I, I no. Honestly, I don't think either one would be good. Just keep it on Twitch. There's no reason to put it on anything else. <laughs> Mixer, if you really have to, but well, Mixer, some, if they give as you of money. right now, there's well, there's some esports that are exclusively on Mixer and stuff like that. Like I think Gears of War is like the one that well, kind it's of Microsoft like, don't yeah. because it's Microsoft, like, and that's the only esport you see on Mixer exclusively is is the Microsoft exclusive one. So I mean. If the if the Halo League starts doing better oh, and everything, God, please no. I don't. I mean, I, I'd love to watch Halo League, and I, I'm not going. I mean, I don't. I don't feel. I feel bad for being so mean to Mixer, but I mean, they have some cool features. But well, like, they, what is if it? You're they, going they have that like esports, like talking about business side of it. It makes no. Maybe for a Microsoft exclusive, it makes sense to go there because you own there. It's cross promotion. You blah 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 blah. But for yeah. like a third party game. It makes zero sense to go to anything but Twitch, because why would you go away from the viewership? And viewership well, is dead. where money comes into esports right now. Is having that thirty thousand people is hurting ESL. Even if they had a hundred thousand people on Twitch, without the money they got probably got from Facebook to go on there, they'd be doing better. So I actually do know the arguments against going on Twitch, and the big thing is discoverability is the biggest thing, and. So if you're a game that's not super popular and you go on Twitch, if you're not in the top games, it's harder for new people to find you. Sure, sure you can get those direct links, but it's harder for new people to find you, which ultimately is what you're trying to do. Now, I think if that is the issue, it would probably be better to go on YouTube of where if you have over one, if you have over 1000, then it's like, okay, well, you're, you're in the top list already. Um, But I don't know. I, I, there needs to be another platform that's actually good besides all these. They, but there's just not. Like, what was the what was the last platform that we talked about trying to make a move? What was that? I think you're telling you, caffeine. caffeine. Yeah, you oh and I tried God. to get into it. Is it still alive? I definitely. Someone you know, go, it's, someone it's, go to caffeine.com and see if it still opens up. No, it's probably still there. It's just oh, it's not doing great. Let me but, take a look here. Caffeine yeah. TV. Sign it with Twitter, sign it with Facebook. Can't go anywhere further past that. All right. Well, um, the website's still alive, at least, so that's that's a good sign. But, yeah, there, there needs to be more competition there, but it'll be a while unless – I mean, I think one of the big publishers would have to go on their own. Riot or Blizzard would have to make their own. Would be the isn't Blizzard, isn't, wasn't Blizzard doing their own and it didn't work? Didn't they try that initially? Well, they got the Overwatch League now. Well, that's what I mean. Like, when the Overwatch League first started, I remember that was one of the issues was that – they had tried their own independent streaming website, and it looked good. It looked nice and sleek and stuff like that, but it wasn't Twitch, and that was the big thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, okay. they, and they, they No, the, so the games kicked off on Twitch, but the deal just happened, like, on Tuesday. 
it, it happened very, very quickly before because it was... Well, but maybe preseason... I, I don't think that preseason wasn't on it. But yeah, the no, regular no. season started on it. Yeah, but, like, I mean, initially there was no talks for them to confirm with Twitch. Remember, that was the big thing, is that nobody knew where they were going to stream. And then they started, like, preseason wasn't on Twitch, and then everybody lost their shit. Yeah. And they're, they're too tight. And I'm saying that's the only way for someone to actually go against Twitch. Is pretty much Riot or Blizzard would have to full commit to that. Because that's the fastest way to get real traction on it. Because then, I mean, Blizzards have multiple esports. Things they're all under there. Riot's big enough with all the different regions to support something until they bring more people on. Riot just did a deal with Amazon Prime. They're not. They're not. No, getting I know. Neither one of them would. But yeah. that's the yeah, quickest yeah, yeah. way. But if, I guess if they're, they're yeah, quick. they're they're like the, the giants. They're the ones that would go off. But yeah, anything else? Any other stories? I mean, we have a couple of honorable mentions. We can kind of go through at the very end of the show. But otherwise, let's just kind of talk about 2018. Like, the, this is our last episode of 2018. We'll be going into 2019. We'll be making predictions. We'll be focusing on that. We'll be looking forward. Pretty much any new stories that happened this year, we won't really talk about because we'll be looking at new stories by the time we start back up. So, what are some of the good? What's some of the bad? What's some of the ugly? I mean, we had, I mean, if we look back to when we started about a year ago or in 2017, I mean, Esports changed a ton in 2018. So I'm not saying like a top list or something like that. Um, so I want to, I, I think I have a good, I think I know the good. I think it's universally accepted. Overwatch League was the good, right? Yes. I mean, I think, I think out of all the different like esports that were really ramping up and doing great things, I mean, I think we have a lot of good, don't get me wrong. But I think that's the, the one shining example because it's, it's Overwatch League doing doing well, right? Well, like that was the big thing is that it was we the entire beginning of the year we talked about is the Overwatch League gonna be good? Is this a smart decision? Overwatch like it went from oh, okay, this is a really cool and competitive game to boom franchising, and that was like holy sh- like are we, this is happening? This is happening right now? Oh my god! Right? So um, yeah, and I also think that franchising in League of Legends also went well. I think that's a that's a good as well. I'm a well. I think it was a good and then a bit of ugly because Immortals didn't make it in, and there was like a riot from that. Yeah, so. I, I, I think overall, I mean twenty, I mean twenty eighteen was amazing for Esports versus twenty seventeen. I mean, I, I in my mind, I think this was officially kind of the biggest breakout year in the in the mainstream. I, I definitely think the Overwatch League franchising getting on the ESPN for the grand final. I think we saw more esports on TV than ever. I think we saw more crossover between traditional sports and esports than ever. I mean, you, I mean, almost every single franchise team has some tie to a larger sports organization, I feel like. I mean, I really feel like the steps between traditional sports and esports are closer than ever. The ties, how the events are. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that quite to the point where they're as respected as much. But the ties in terms of business side and professional sports team taking esports seriously, I mean, I think compared to 2017, it's it's a whole different world. Go go ahead, Dylan. I was I was going to start off, but I don't want to cut you off. Uh, no, I was just going to a, a different ugly that I, I no, yeah, dude, just of. jump around to anything. Dude, We're just yeah, talking. Yeah, so so the ugly I think is um, fighting games um, with Capcom specifically. I think 
um, is something that I was very disappointed in this year. So even though Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite came out in September, we definitely saw the, the fruition of what it looks like in the competitive space being really drawn out in 2018. And wow. Not good, not good for that. Street Fighter V, uh, very mediocre. Um, definitely not anything incredibly hype. But the one good thing yeah. about the fighting game community this year, I would definitely say, is um, Dragon Ball Fighters and Sonic Fox. Those were the two things that I mean. Oh, the overall um, opinion from me in the fighting game community was definitely positive this year, just because of those two things alone. But I think Capcom really, really let me down this year, and man, feels bad. Feels real oh. bad. I wasn't like I mean like I have mixed opinions of Sonic Fox, so I, I, I won't I won't agree with that one. But I think Dragon Ball Fighters is like that's huge. Um, I think another ugly was that they lost one of their biggest names and biggest pros to potential uh, like domestic abuse charges that he was like dropped from everything. Everybody dropped Infiltration, and that's like that's sketchy, right? So that's an ugly to me. That's an ugly, not a bad. Well, because um, sorry. I mean, just getting on the more uglies, I mean, we got to look back at Evo. I mean, I feel like it was so long ago, but think about that Smash 4 Finals and how big of a mess was that people were booing walking out. And now that that game's not in Evo next year. Um, I'm pretty sure one of the Street Fighters were announced are not going to be in Evo next year either. I mean, we saw repercussions by... No, 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 no. That was... Uh, so what you're referring to is Evo Japan, oh. um, which I guess is 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 perfectly fine that we know that Evo Japan is going to be an ugly regardless because they're not having any of their really big fighting games there for some reason. I think I think Dragon Ball Fighters isn't even going to be there for some reason. Uh, like I, Evo Japan is just a, an absolute mess right now. Yeah, e- yeah. Evo 2019 has uh, Street Fighter, Tekken, Guilty Gear, Injustice melee um wii u smash they might even incorporate like new smash too i don't know they like they uh, they probably they probably will dragon ball fighters um so yeah no but even so i stick with that ugly of kind of that whole event being there is that there's been some stars and in my mind i mean for the fighting community sonic fox is getting people talking about it and talking about different things no matter what you think about it more i mean after that games award speech regardless of where you are i have never seen so many people talking about the fgc like that is a big deal no matter how you get to that people looking at it like who is this guy because that his tweets his comments they went viral and that introduced so many people to the concepts of esports some of them probably have a very negative kind of uh like perception of it now because of what he said but it opened people's minds like why is he getting this award? Why is he on stage? What is the game awards? What is um any of these game names? How is he making money? Why is he being recognized? Like that at least opens up those questions on the positive side that millions of people that had never heard of the FGC heard about it that night. Yeah, I totally agree. And just to I want to harp on it even more because I don't think people understand how impressive this dude is. He is good not only in one fighting game, but multiple fighting games. So he is like the best Dragon Ball Fighters player, the best Injustice player, uh, the best Mortal Kombat player. Plus, on top of that, he's like good at Street Fighter and good at just about every fighting game. This is not a normal thing. No one is good in this many different fighting games. And like, yeah, um, it's a little bit different with fighting games because these fighting games, skills transfer very easily. 
um, because they're they're very similar. And but not but not that easily. <laughs> but, but not that easily. Like no one no one just gets first place in multiple games like this. This is like the and and what what I really like is it's been a really long time. I think the only other person that always comes to mind for like a modern bonjois is Faker in mm-hmm. esports. I think besides that, after the StarCraft days, a lot of that has has really gone to the wayside. And I think this is like. Then that's like the first thing I think of whenever I think of Sonic Fox. I'm like, he's a he's a fighting game bone draw right here, easily. Another and I really, I, wanna... I think he's gonna be good for a long time, hopefully. Yeah. Another thing I want to kind of transitioning away from that is, I mean, League. I mean, we don't talk about League and we don't give them enough credit because they're already been so big. It's already so doing so well. But Worlds having a record year. They introduced a new region in Vietnam. We had two two like hit songs too. Like the yeah. song and like I mean they those blew up like pop yeah. stars. Katie, like, yeah, blew pop up. stars blew up outside of esports and everyone was listening to it. That was a viral trend for a while. We had NA and EU teams doing so well at World Two for the first time in forever. But we had Chinese teams win both major events, bringing bigger interest from for League in China than ever. I mean, you yeah. see so many good things coming out of League as well. We focus we so much seen... on the Overwatch League and Sonic because. Those are new things. Those are coming up out of nowhere. But League is still making major strides in what everything I mean, they, they're doing every year, year after year. They have another franchising model. The LEC came in too, right? Like, I mean, introducing yeah. not one, not one franchised region, but two. That's that's a pretty big deal. They're the first ones to do it. They're the first ones to do two two franchised areas. I mean, I guess technically you can count Overwatch, like because they're global. But I mean, like, uh, like um, League of Legends has two separate regions that are both franchise now which is pretty crazy unless you guys have more another one i want to mention now to the good bad and ugly is fortnite esports battle royale i mean this is another thing we haven't touched on yet but fortnite is doing over a hundred million dollars in esports prizes this year introducing people to competitive gaming at the mainstream like nothing we've ever seen it is a video game at a mainstream like nothing we've ever seen like, this is revolutionizing the world. We see it everywhere now. It is getting people interested. We now see competitive... We see esports commercials on TV now. On normal TV, at sporting events, at whenever you're watching, you see things about esports now. We're talking... We don't mention that at all. As big as a meme it is. As much as Fortnite esports has so much to work on, it can be ugly. Like we saw last week with the sword and the competitive winter scrimmage and all that kind of stuff. There's very oh, bad things about hack, it. Hackers for days, man. Like, But the, what it has done for esports is probably the most impressive thing to me. Because well, I have never seen such a big shift at such a large scale of people from not caring about playing video games competitively to wanting to be the best and actually seeing a path to being the best. I think the biggest thing, too, is is like not just, not just what Fortnite has done for like competitive gaming, but what Fortnite's done for the like battle royale overall because i mean look how many people got in on that hype train once like fortnite really grasped it like i mean we saw csgo and call of duty two of the biggest shooters that have been around for like ages i know we talked about how uh call of duty esports hasn't been big for a while but like those are two really big names deciding like you know what we're gonna get into we're gonna get a battle royale this seems like a good idea and that i think is heavily influenced because of fortnite more than PUBG or maybe more than h1z1 and stuff like that right like i mean fortnite i think is the main catalyst and why you're seeing these teams or these games make a move into battle royale dylan do you have anything to add any other good bad or ugly that kind of come to your mind 
I have one last one I think we, we, we could talk about. Okay. I think the one of the goods for this year was there was a wonderful podcast with three boys on it who streamed and produced an episode every single week without fail. Even when most of them were gone. They had a great rebranding. They had a wonderful, uh, wonderful following that loved them very much. I yeah. think that was good for this that, year. That, that is something that I was going to kind of bring up at the very end. That too, is us. Yeah. It I was us, by the way, guys. By the way, by the way. Uh, I think a big thing that we need to... I think the biggest thing that we're looking over for goods, and I'm really surprised Dylan hasn't brought it up, is that online trading card games are getting esports now. They're, and they're... Like, I mean, they're... they're well, I mean, like, I, I don't say magic. I don't say magic. Yeah, I don't, I don't really count Hearthstone. Like, I mean, Hearthstone, I, I would, I would even go as far as say Hearthstone and Artifact were bads for the year. Um, yeah, yeah, for, but for the card game community. Well, I, I, the only reason I say like trading card games like online is like because Hearthstone and Artifact don't have physical cards. You can't buy physical cards for those, but Magic you can. Like all the cards that you're playing in Magic, you can physically own if you wanted to, right? So, I mean. Yeah, I, I think that is. I think Magic Arena is a, a great thing, just for for the space. I think this is the. It's weird because uh, online card games were going in like a really weird direction of where it was like it's becoming a little passe to make a to make a, a card game based on your your game or whatever. But like now, they were able to take it, make a good engine, and, and make an actual good new card game. Oh yeah, but yeah, hey, no. Um... Go ahead, Andrew. Do do we have any more? Otherwise, I, I mean, I have one last closing one that I want to do, and I want to go through honorable mentions before that. But is there any other really big ones that we're missing out on that we want to bring up? So Rainbow Six, Rainbow Six did real good. Yeah, Rainbow Six had a really good year too, and we didn't mention that. Yeah. But they had some record-breaking nights, and they've been growing phenomenally as well. Yeah. But if I might, do you want to go through the last two honorable piece of mentions before we kind of start wrapping up today's show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'll, I'll start. Do I'll you. start. I don't yeah. have that. Well, no, you said you, but there's two of us here, so I didn't know which oh, you you were referring to. Um, I'll I'll definitely do do the one that's uh near and dear to me. Um, so the Washington Capitals are putting on an NHL 19 tournament here in DC. So uh, all caps, let's go. Yep, and then just another one, something we didn't want to really talk about in show, but um, Fortnite just kind of had that whole fiasco with the winter skirmish. Um, having that sword in the competitive play, all that kind of happened last week. And then they also just went and vote the sword right afterwards too. So those of you that do follow esports closely, I know some of the uh, writers for TGH have covered all that, so you can go check that out there as well. But we just want to bring both those up, not major stories, but something we felt like we needed to kind of mention um, before. But with that, we're about to wrap up the show. But something Dylan kind of um, teased a little bit, but... I just want to really thank everyone. That's kind of been a part of us and really got us to where we are right now. I mean, first off, you two, the kind of stuck with me for however long now. It's been over a year now, and you've dealt with me every single week, which has been a phenomenal, and we've grown to be great friends. Um, everyone on social media, people that are on the Twitch chat each and every day, I never thought there'd be people that look forward to the content that I or us or we or anything that I'd ever do every single week. Um, the messages to get, the interaction we get, like all that's better than I could have ever expected. Um, I guess Rob and everyone at the game house, I mean, they, they kind of helped, they helped us. I mean, they brought us into their kind of family there. They grew us there. I mean, they helped us. They send our stuff to help us get guest hosts. And I mean, that's been phenomenal as well, but 
what I'm just really trying to say is that I'm blown away with kind of the little community that we've built here and to each and every one of you that interact with us and share a message and tell your friends or watch and talk to us. I mean, it's really unbelievable. And I never thought that as small as we still are and how much we have to go and why I'm so excited for 2019, I am still doing more than I ever thought I would. So I guess personally, I want to say thank you to everyone kind of involved in making that a reality because when I put out that Reddit post, I never thought it'd be anything bigger than just three guys talking to a wall. So thank you. Well, we talk. We talk to we talk to each other on those walls. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's how monitors work, Andrew. You know what I mean. I never, I never <laughs> thought I'd have any. I never thought we'd get to where we are now. Is what I'm trying to say, and I just want to say I'm looking forward to 2019. We have a lot coming out still this year. Still, we have a lot to look forward to next year, and hopefully, yeah, next year is going to be a big year. And hope we're doing really well. We'll do some more live content. We'll do a lot. But um, before that, yeah, Dylan. Put a little message there. What do you got for us? Yeah. So um, since this is the last like uh, official podcast of the year, I just want to let everyone know um, that I'm actually going to be on a panel for Collegiate Esports at MAGFest. Um, so that's January 3rd, Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Um, and January 6th, Sunday at 11.30 a.m. So two dates there. If you guys are in the D.C. metro area at MAGFest, I'll be there. Come check out my panel. I'm not going to be at any live events. I'm going to be in school. You won't, you won't see me. I'll be a hermit, but I'll still be here. He'll be here, don't on, worry. On, on a regular basis. No four weeks on, four weeks off. None of that. But with that, I want to thank all of you for tuning in to the very last episode of the Project Esports for 2018. Um, we do have four or five more shows coming out this year. Um, an interview on the final Project Rankings, our Prediction Kings, and then our 2019. We'll start off 2019, obviously. But with that, thank you all so much for tuning in and being in the chat and having fun with us. Either one of you can go. It's me? Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, and for, like, all the other content we have, like, I mean, our YouTube page has kind of gone up and uh, started. We basically have every all our extra content there besides the episodes. Um, so our, all our interviews, uh, the rankings, all that fun stuff that's all there. Um, but, yeah, you guys drop a like, drop a subscribe, drop a comment um spam us in the chat any of that stuff like i mean very much appreciated as dylan and andrew both already said and we go live every single monday 6 30 eastern standard time right here at twitch.tv slash the game house and then the following day you can always find us in the mornings we just publish out in the mornings on spotify stitcher itunes google play all the podcast networks just go ahead and search project esports podcast and you can find us there but with that, I'm Andrew. I'm James. And I'm Dylan. And thank you for watching the Project Esports Podcast. We'll see you guys in 2019.